Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. Calgary Flames game day. Oh, yeah. Potential elimination game for the Flames. Get ahead. Get your helmet on. I was looking this morning, the Stars' most recent elimination games. They fell in game six of the cup final. Yo. So obviously that was uh, no, Tampa that was not bubble. good there. Yeah, Tampa beat them there. They yes, avoided, yes, they yes. staved in game five against Tampa mm. to force the game six. In round two, game seven against Colorado, victorious. That same year. So they were good there. So in 2020, they were two and one. The year prior, they lost in game seven to St. Louis. Okay. So they, uh, they've been stretched. They, you know what? They stretched some series out. That's all we need to know. Don't need any more. Yeah, I've, I've seen enough Dallas. That's don't been you lovely. F- See you later. Right? Like, don't you feel like... I saw what you did. Jake Ottinger, they've, they've really kind of leaned on him heavily enough for one playoff series. Jake, that's enough hockey. You should start, um, you know, posturing for your next zillion-dollar contract, which you need this summer. That is this summer, too, right? Yeah, yeah. same summer as Robertson, who's going to get Good a for him, huge yeah. amount of money. 7.30 is uh, is puck drop. we got 6.30 for warm-up. we got Flamestock at 4, the whole thing coming up on the program today. Right now, Stephen Brunt joins us as uh, we we had the, I, I don't know if you heard, we, in the Pinder report, we had the uh, uh, the controversial comments from uh, Sheldon Keefe after the game uh, that basically, oh. uh, things not going... Uh, oh! No, 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 no. Really, so it's a lot of confidence going into Game 7, but um, at the same time. Oh, oh, call 911! So there's no panic. No, we're good. In the in the Leaf room, everything's good. So you should have that same level of uh, of calm. A steely resolve is what That's we're right. asking for. Call 911! On your show uh, moving forward today. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be calm. I think, yes, the, I don't... It'll be... <laughs> yeah, it'll be calmish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. The exquisite torture continues. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Exquisite torture. Oh, it's what do you what do you want to start? They, they were really good last night. Yes, they, they were. were really really good. They were the better team five on five. They've been the better team five on five, arguably the entire series. But they were definitely the better team five on five last night. They. They had chances. They, uh, you know, in a series where the referees have called everything, they didn't call anything except they called two high sticking penalties back to back, what, 16 seconds apart in the third period of a 3 2 game. First of which, it's kind of dubious. The second one, it's kind of hard not to call it, although, uh, you know, you got a guy got a stick, uh, Kerfoot got a stick lifted, but the first yeah. one, I'm still not sure it made, ever made contact with anything. Um, yeah, you end up with a five on three against you in the third period after you've played a almost perfect third period to that point just to try and kill a hockey game, which is not something these guys are very good at. Um, your, your best players really played really well. Your captain got two goals. Uh, you played smart. They played careful. They uh, All that stuff, right? And they had chances in overtime, and they had a crazy great chance in overtime just before the the goal got scored. Mm-hmm. And just, just before... Austin Matthews got yanked down at center ice and there was no call. 
So is that a toe yeah. pick or did he get hauled down? I, I, I mean, he fell. I don't know. I don't know. Definitely if he was sliding the wrong way. Well, it's if you are a Leaf fan, if you were, happen to be a Leaf fan, right. um, this it, I like. What's better? It's like it's, this is better than them going losing six one, I guess, because you could look at Game Seven and say just do that again and you probably win. Um, but my God, yeah, it uh, that that as, I, as you guys know, I did not grow up a Leaf fan. Uh, I grew up in a family that despised the Leafs um, and everything they stood for. But that was back when they were good, right? That was back when I was a young kid. That was back when they, they won Stanley Cups all the time and you got them shoved down your throat every Saturday night. And so, yeah, we I, I grew up in a place where they were resented. Now, it, it, it wasn't like, especially my dad, and he didn't even like anybody particularly to counter that, right? Like it wasn't like he was a passionate Montreal fan. Everything He saved everything for hating the Leafs. Right, that was just it was one way. So as long as, when they lost, he was happy, uh, and they didn't lose that much in those days. But so I'm not. So I'm just just trying to kind of you know set the stage here that this is not me. You know, no homerism. I don't. You know, I didn't grow up pining for the day when they would win a Stanley Cup again. Um, you know, I I do think they probably should have called that slashing penalty, that high stick penalty on Gretzky in '93. But you know, I've got no axe to grind here. But I just I feel for those people now. I really do. Because, you know, that's like stuff has happened over and over and over again. They haven't won a playoff series since before the the lost season, you know, before the salary cap. Mm. And they deserve to win this series. I actually think they deserve to win this series. They're, I think they're they, they, against a really good team, but they've been better. And they actually haven't shown a whole lot of the yips that they showed against Montreal last year. They haven't looked like they're... Uh, <laughs> seized with self-doubt they're playing really really well and they still might lose it and then what <laughs> uh, and but and, and you know well, what you knew that coming in though because of the draw it was an awful pull that's going to happen in the the way the playoffs are set up if you're in a 2-3 matchup ask minnesota you mm-hmm. can have a really good year and then lose and really not have that much in the way of flaws the matthews has eight points in six games for them goals marner's been very good he's over a point per game that's the one thing that has changed is those top guys like you mentioned Tavares came through last night their top guys have been as advertised and they have delivered Mm -hmm. and but i do wonder if there's this we talk with scar tissue if they don't win one more hockey game will the fact that those guys did show up and actually were impactful will it will it even matter or is just change inevitable regardless well, and you know, again, with with game seven to come, also add in that they've got really good goaltending. That you know, the the Campbell's been really good. Yeah, it's weird. And Four goals it. last night, and I, I mean, two of them were off giveaways. The one is he made the initial stop, and then it gets banged into it. it, it it's tough to blame Campbell last night. He's up against the best goal. Yeah, five in the on world. three, Kucher. Right, it's tough. He made it. Yeah, he made a bunch of other saves in that game, and he has all through this series, whether win or lose. So it's not. Because, you know, again, part of that other narrative was that, especially Frederick Anderson, killed them. That, you know, that he was a terrible, you know, he was a great goaltender who was never great in the playoffs. So your goal, you know, your goalie, who's about to be a free agent, by the way, um, has been really good. Your big guys have played really well. Um, you you haven't, to this point, you know, they've won games and lost games, but there's been no kind of embarrassing collapse. Uh you're playing a team that's really good. You're not. It's not like Montreal where you finished 28 points ahead of them last year, and you were up three one in the series, and you you know, basically had the, you were up what three goals in game five, and all of those things. That none of that's true in this series. It's been 
really tight, and they're if they lose in ga- seven games, they lose in seven games to the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions who could go back to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like they, the East is pretty wide open right now, um, so all of that would kind of suggest, yeah, moral victory. But I don't think that's I, I do not think moral victory exists here. I don't think I don't think anybody's going to go home if they lose you know Saturday night if they lose Game Seven and say, man, yeah, that was a great season. I'm satisfied. I feel just fine. Let's look ahead to next year and another meaningless regular season before they do whatever they do in April and May. Yeah, uh, they ain't going to happen. No, and you know, it's so not fair, but I guess that's what happened when you do what you did against Montreal last year is people feel like you owe them something. And I think like it's there is no shame, in my opinion, in losing to maybe the greatest team we've seen in the last decade in the two time cup winning Lightning, who really reloaded and gave up another two first rounders and two prospects. I think there's no shame in that. I think there have been steps that have been made by, by the organization. This coach is getting seasoned. He's delivered messaging that this group's responded to. Matthews and Marner have not been no-shows. Nylander's had a big goal. To your point, they have gotten some goaltending. They're up against arguably the best goaltender in the world, arguably the get the best defenseman in the world, and arguably the best forward group in the NHL. Like, There's no shame here, and yet people will be calling for GM, president, coaches' jobs. Not that it's like, you know, we always have irrational people doing that, but People that are taken seriously will think that's happening. We've been talking all year about who's going to get fired if they don't get out of round one. Like that's, it feels so cruel. It really does. Well, it is, and it's. But that's, I guess. Looks, sport is there is an emotional component to sport. At least to being a fan, there's an emotional component. There's an emotional component in the business. The, you know, the the reason you're paying customers pay up is not just because they want, you know, three hours of entertainment. It's because they have an emotional connection. So people are going to view this emotionally. And you're right. If you step back, like even if you just want to have a hockey conversation about it and say, yeah, you know, this is no shame. Played really well. Uh, you know, this is a pretty well-constructed hockey team. Uh, it's not a, a one-note team. They, If they do go out in this series, it's certainly better than what they did last year where they, you know, like you hate to use the C word, but they, you know, they choked. And I know Montreal went to the finals and all that stuff. And yeah, Carey Price, yeah, but... No way, no chance, right? They they imploded in that series, especially in Game 7. They were awful in Game 7. They looked terrified. These guys don't look terrified. We'll see what they do in Game 7. So, yeah, all of those kind of rational responses would say, you know, carry on, carry on, take another shot at it. You know, some some years the draw just doesn't work out for you, and uh, like the Washington Capitals, eventually it's gonna it's going to happen. But that this is not about being rational. This is about emotion. And every it, this is about the last twelve months, and in some ways, it's about like the last however many years. But it's definitely been about the last twelve months, going back to that Montreal series and saying, "Okay, yeah, you guys, all you fancy dans there, yeah, you might have the best player in the league, might win the heart, um, but we don't care until you do something. Let, let get, let's see you get out of the first round. And if they don't get out of the first round, um, there's no style points, and that's mm-hmm. again, that's that's emotion, um, but it's going to be all over the place and. I, do I think somebody's going to get fired if they don't get out of this round? I, I, th- I, you know what? I think it kind of still, you know, again, I'm going to ca- contradict myself here. It kind of depends on how they play in Game Seven. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Like if if they play Game Seven like they played Game Six, you, you, how can you, with a clear conscience, go in and say clear clean house? <laughs> you, you you can't. But if they but if they play Game Seven like they played Game Seven against Montreal, roll over. They'll fire everybody. <laughs> And isn't that and is that's what sport? I guess maybe some other businesses operate that way, but 
how poor is Sheldon Keefe's day going to have to be on Saturday for him to warrant losing his job based on the outcome of that hockey game in three, four, five periods or whatever? The, right? Like, is he going to have the team that poorly prepared? Is he going to have uh, hot water in the the water bottles? Like, what's possibly going to happen that if we win, you're good? If we lose, sorry, you're no good. It's crazy. Well, yeah, and it's going to be. It, it's it's kind of about that you know however you want to define what the compete level right like like how are you in the game are you playing smart are you like again like last night you can't argue with anything they did in that game last night you know you really you really can't um I, you know the, all of this all of the stuff you want to you know, I, like I'm look believe me I'm not Justin Bourne I can't break that game down the way he could but. Uh, on away ice, they don't have the advantage with the line matchups. They did some creative stuff. Uh, all their big guys played well. Uh, the, like so, I can't. Yeah, you, 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 if they play like that in Game Seven, I is that the, you know how, what are you going to say to the coach? But you know, but again, here's the the reality of this stuff is let's again let's say that it's somewhat less than that. Um, and of course, I'm completely discounting the possibility they might win. And right. All of this yeah, goes yeah, away, yeah, yeah. and and it's and the is and the possible? you know. The, they release doves and, you know, there are uh, parades and all kinds of things happen in Toronto on Saturday night if they win. Um, but, you know, the, the other the thing that kind of is, you know, the music playing in the, in the background for me right now is if you have, yeah, if there's a bad performance here and to some degree or the the fact that, you know, Barry Trotz needs a job right now, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's out there. Boy, there's the kind of guy you could just pl- say, well, here's a different kind of coach and a different kind of guy or... What if Joel Quenville gets reinstated? You know, he, he's won Stanley Cups, right? Um, played for the Leafs. Probably not Babcock, though, right? Probably not Babcock. Probably not two point oh on uh, Babs. I think they saw Babs. Probably not. Yeah, yeah, move on. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's. But but you know you know what I mean, right? The what's the the quick fix? Different voice in the room. Guy who's been there. Guy who's done it. That's how that. Welcome to sports. Well, so and it- yeah. It kind of Go is, ahead. though. I, I see Ryan. He's kind of grimacing. I just, you know what? How hot it runs the NFL, college sports in the states. Rational thought and common sense, and even keel thinking, it just doesn't come into effect when you're talking these markets and when the stakes are this high. No, that said, this isn't a one human owner. This isn't, uh, you know, one Rogers mm-hmm. guy. This is two multi billion dollar telecom giants and one human and a huge board, like. Does this organization have some more patience and rational uh, decision making based on its structure, or is it the opposite? With you know the rights holders for the NHL deal saying, "Do you know how many millions, tens of millions, we're leaving on the table when you can't get to round two in a decade?" That's like, a really like. Know, what are really the pressure points in the in the organization? I don't know. Well, that's a really good question because it's not a. You're right. It's not a person. It's not you know there there are several like Larry Tannenbaum actually, who's the third party there, somehow really you know kind of exercises control in a lot of ways and the two big telcos neutralize each other so but yeah there's not like there's going to be somebody who's going to get mad and say that's it you know i'm firing my coach uh it's you know from a business point of view which uh is why those guys are in those giant telcos publicly traded telcos uh they're not in this for romance their biz- business is good. You're, you're right. Their Sportsnet's business, Rogers' business, would be a hell of a lot better if the Leafs would win a couple of rounds. But you know, in terms of the business of the Leafs and the business of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, it's pretty good, right? Every seat is sold for a whole lot of money, and 
Uh, I, I'm sure you know their advertising and marketing is all very successful, and it will be next year, and it will be for till the end of time. So you don't have, you know, from a strict business point of view, there's no pressure. It's not like you're going to have empty seats if you don't change something. But it's again, it's that that other component to sport, and I think you know one of the things you, you might have noted when the you know when the Raptors won and they had that big parade and they had the guys on stage and you look and say, hang on a second, aren't those the guys from? MLSE up there acting like they won a championship, it's it's seductive, you know. Even for people who are just in it for the money, it is it's very seductive that idea that you know the game part of it, and the winning part of it, and the glory part of it, and the reflected glory part of it. And uh, you know, sometimes people who in their other lives, you know, are absolutely by the book, by the numbers, show me the balance sheet. People suddenly turn into fans, so. But you know, within that structure, I don't know how that would how that works. I can't. I have no idea. But it'd be an inter- it would be an interesting test right now to see if they would just say like if, if let's say today after Game Six, saying you know what, our, our guys played okay in this series. Whatever happens, we're going to stay the course. Um, I don't. I, I bet you no one's going to say that until you know Sunday if they're going to say it at all. And you know what? It, we always point at Toronto in that market and say oh, how crazy and they they overreact. The Oilers lost, well, I guess, three days ago. They go into L.A. last night on a must-win. They had a 2-0 lead. They watched it slip by the early part of the third period, but they pulled it out of the fire. They found a way to get mm-hmm. it done. I'll tell you what, if the Oilers had a 2-0 lead and then lose it, it would not be a lot. It's just population, but I'm telling you, it would be the same there. And here, we talked about on the show yesterday, the Flames were not very good through two periods the other night. They've scored three in the third to win it three to one, and now are in a position. They're not out of the woods either. We sit here, the fans, everyone's still on pins and needles, even being up three two in an opening round series, thinking, "Oh, I don't. Can I feel confident? Am I am I okay to feel good?" There's, it's it's not dissimilar in in a lot of other markets. All three of these Canadian markets are really on the edge of their seat, regardless if they're up or down in a series. They got to get through this first round to really feel good about anything that happened this season. And you know what? Listen, you said like it's taking here take a half a step back. Isn't it great? It like, is. That, this like, is that, why that's, round that's, one that's... is so good. This is why this tournament is incredible. And two years ago, we were begging yeah. for this to happen in our lives again. So it, it is great. But yeah, that's that's what you want. You want to care. You want to care, and and you want a little bit of it, it. Shouldn't all be in the bag, and it's there should be some worry and concern and there should be stuff to talk about and look it's what keeps the lights on in our business everybody knows that obviously but that you know that's what's baked in here right is that's the that's about being a fan and identifying with a team in your hometown and whatever the history of your team might be it's all of that stuff is in the mix here and it's you know you're right ryan like there's there, it does seem this tournament is awesome, especially the beginning of this tournament is awesome. It, it kind of it redeems everything. Like whatever, it want to get grumpy about the NHL. There's lots of reasons to get grumpy about the NHL. The, the 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 Stanley Cup tournament is is better than anything else in sport in terms of playoffs. I it, it really is, especially at the beginning when they're fresh as a daisy. And uh, you know, to have three Canadian markets right now where everybody's kind of walking you know, is, is still on pins and needles. That's that's the way it should be in the spring. Yeah, we're gonna get three game sevens on Saturday. Bang, bang, bang! It's like let's oh, go. Man. Yeah, it's not, that's and who fantastic. knows? We don't even know about Sunday yet. There could be more. So are you? Yeah, uh, so what, what's it's your, all good. Yeah, what's your Saturday going to be? Yeah, no then? kidding. 
Well, I don't know. I kind of, you know, I'm gonna have to work around it, I guess, aren't I? I'm gonna have to work by, I, you know, I, I, I went fishing yesterday morning. I went, I decided to go out and kind of clear my palate, you know. Um, and I gotta say, like this, this is like a sign. You know, maybe it's a sign. So I went out fishing yesterday to my l- l- lovely spot on the river here, and it's a beautiful, warm day. And I saw something I've never seen before. There are thousands of frogs, mm. like in a frenzy of, you know frog getting it on like frogs on frogs everywhere <laughs> frog on frog activity but thousands of them like and there's and there's and the sound is like i should have recorded it because it was deafening and i thought this so you know normally the in the plague stuff the like the, mm-hmm. the bible the frogs raining frogs from the yeah. sky yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah so maybe they maybe it rained frogs before and they were all just hanging out but it, it's a sign of something so I, I leave it to you to interpret the the plague of frogs well i'm not a uh I'm not an authority on the frog on frog activity, as you put it. So, yeah. uh, so I, I'm the wrong guy to talk to, Stephen. If uh, maybe when we get off this call, you can you know touch base with somebody else. But. Real quick, uh, Blue Jays are in a rough way right now. They've lost four in a row. They've dropped back to back to back series, or just two in a row. Uh, and now into the trop against the Rays team that is just never easy. Just a thought on where they're at and what needs to get fixed. No, it's not much. You got to just you, you. If if you assume that they're going to hit, if you assume that that lineup is a good offensive lineup, there's nothing to do but wait till they kind of get themselves out of a funk, and it's it happens over 162. You know, like I, I think you can see this. Either like the pitching's been pretty good, the rotation's been pretty good, the bullpen maybe is a little worn out, and had Romano blow a save the other night, which he's only, he's been almost perfect. Other than that, mm-hmm. but they're they're in a funk, and I. I you can't coach guys out of that. You can't uh, in, in, encourage guys out of that. It just, it just happens. Um, yeah, going in the trough is tough. Although you know the Rays are a funny team this year. They've been kind of in and out too. So um, just got no yeah, hit look, and clobbered by the Angels. Yeah, they 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 did, and and um, you know they've got they've got injuries now, and they also got maybe the one of the best young players in baseball. So it, yeah, it won't be easy, but. It's always important, you know. Have this conversation. I think every May or every April or every June, saying, you know, you get the baseball's different, you know, and that's you, you you play for months. Not every game is life and death. And yeah, if you finish one game out of the playoffs at the end of the year, you can look back on a lot of stuff. But I, you know, the one thing I would be pretty secure in is that this is a good offensive team, and that eventually there will there'll be a stretch when it'll. You know, and maybe against some weaker opposition because they've played a brutal schedule so far, where everybody suddenly looks relaxed and the hitting is contagious thing kicks in, and we're we're worrying about something else. So, but it's hard. But honest to God, the last week's been hard to watch and frustrating to watch. Have a good weekend, Stephen. Enjoy Thank tomorrow. You. In in yeah, a weird, in, yes. kind of in a weird, twisted way. This is like I said, we were dying to care about anything not that long ago. That's- a game seven in Toronto with everything on the line. This uh, it's easy for us to say or for me to say, but man, that's it's dynamite entertainment and it's free. Yeah, just it's free for all. Just of us. Think, this is great. Think think back a couple of years when you were watching Korean baseball this time of year, right? That, oh that's all you had. Yeah, remember when the Bundesliga came back? How jacked we were, and then we're yeah. like, oh, this is the Bundesliga. We've never paid so attention in, to in, the in, Bundesliga. In, <laughs> what in, are we doing? Enjoy the. Enjoy the agony. That's what you're waiting for. Wonderful, wonderful. Have a good one. Talk to you on Tuesday. See you guys. There's Stephen Brunt. Uh, there are three games tonight, and you know what? I have a bit of a, a, a bit of a conundrum. I've got a uh, conundrum. A, I've got a professional conundrum.
and I'm going to ask you your thoughts, and we'll tee up Ooh. the game tonight in Dallas. That's a lot. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Calgary. This R is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one-stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots, and decor, and greenest grass. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. It's Boomer, it's Pinder. We're here in the uh, downtown studios, hour number two. Busy hour three coming up, Cam Moon, Oilers Radio, Tommy Wielden Jr. What you want to talk about, all coming up. Flames talk after that. And then a, uh, a big old day here on your radio. Jeff Merrick will get into the big show, Flames talk. Flames warm up, 6.30, puck drop. Boy, there's a lot of flames. Yeah, I mean, to not talk flames right now would be, uh, it'd be you know, it'd be reckless. Bit of a Richard move, I yeah, think. Yeah, it'd be kind of reckless to not, uh, to not do that. Now, uh, I want to get into the game coming up this evening here in a moment. Yeah, it's funny. We've been talking so much about Toronto and all the, the panic and chaos and the narratives and the stress. Um, you're a one nothing Dallas school away from feeling very similar. That's right. It's in this no city. different. We've kind of glossed over that fact. Game five felt so big in the manner in which they did it. But um, there's some work to be done still here. And in Edmonton, as we heard, they're very excited for a game seven. Mm-hmm. They were dying for it. Yeah, if, when they were up 2-1 in the series and scoring seven a night, I think they would have said game seven. Who got hurt? We'll see a game seven Saturday night. But very excited. Yeah, yeah, pumped. Yeah. Uh, in Toronto, wanted no part of a game seven. Right. And I guarantee you here it's the same thing. Mm. So now with that said, and I'm going to kind of uh, – I'm going to pull rank, I guess. You got questions. Even though I have no rank to pull. You got questions. Uh, no, it's not even a question. It's just an observation, and I've made mm. a decision, and I may face flack for it. But it's okay. uh, all this week, we've been playing little, like a little free kind of a thing. And, oh, hey, take it. You want lower bowl C, so whoop-de-doo. Free. And then giving you a code word and this whole thing about getting. Oh, I see this conundrum here. Yeah. Yeah, because a theoretical asterisk game seven is Sunday. And we're. This is a Friday morning. This is our last morning show until Monday. Monday, yeah. So on my schedule here, there's a thing uh, we're supposed to go through this exercise. I don't know if we should do that. I am not doing it. I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Not, do, not on my it. watch. Don't do it. There's no sponsor attached to it. And here's the thing if we have to give seats away to game seven, not going to be an issue. I mean, we won't do it on this show, but, yeah. you know, we got social media. I already media. feel like we're talking too much about it, but I just want everyone to know we're doing our part. We're not doing it today. You know what, then? You know what we can't talk about? What time will the Calgary Flames get back in to the uh, airport tomorrow morning in Calgary right. after they win in double overtime tonight? You don't say, I don't even need that. <laughs> Is that too stressful I'm so you? tired right now. Oh, I, I can't know. Let's, let's make it like 3 nothing early and just let's just ride this so, thing. Yeah, out. and you yeah. and I are on the same page here. Yeah. Like, I could see overtime happening. Like, how it, it hasn't happened for Dallas in this series. We've had one nothing through 40 minutes, what, three times? Game one, game two, game yeah, five. and I'm even thinking of the other and series. And Dallas has had 21 overtime games in the regular season. One yeah. out of every four. Go- you played five with them. You haven't gone to overtime yet. And even game three, you were that Pavelski power play goal away or a Johnny Gaudreau breakaway goal away from looking like overtime. Scent was in the room. Florida and Washington went to overtime. L.A. Oilers went to overtime. Toronto, 
Tampa last night. Overtime. Went, went to overtime. We had overtime, the big one in game one of the Pittsburgh Rangers series, yeah, right? Yeah, didn't we? The 79 saves Shesterkin. So they, uh, but but this has been the tightest of all of those series. And no overtime. And no OT. And so part of me says, yeah, if it it is going to happen in this series, and Kelly Yarncroke's going to win me that 100 bucks by scoring the OT winner. But the other part of me says, maybe this is the night they finally get some puck luck. Because we've seen pucks roll down the back of the goalie and not go in. Hit the post, hit the back of the goalie, not go in. Posts. And now look, there's it, there's lots of these things. I'm not saying you get all of them. But to get half of them would seem fair. Well, they th- have not had a puck off a skate of a defenseman. They've not had a deflection that gets past the guy. I mean, it's been unbelievable around the Dallas net. The, the hockey gods, if you're saving them for later rounds, thank you. But they're owed. But they loom large when... The separation has been this small. Ordinarily, oh, yeah, there are a couple goalposts. No, a couple goalposts could it, it affects the entire series right now. Like that puck doesn't roll onto Foley. He gets it up and over that glove potentially. Yeah. There's all kinds of things where you're like, how did that not go in? And giving Ottinger all the credit of he's stopping everything he's seeing, except the man Japani goal that won game five, everything else he, that he's seen, he stopped. But they just haven't gotten a weird bounce around the Dallas net the way that Dallas got a goal in game five when Markstrom makes a save, but the rebound goes off his own defenseman and in. They're due for one of those. And if that goes and the top line's going and that new line with Magipani, Coleman, and Backlund is what they've been all year, which has been incredibly effective. Depth scoring's there. We love what we've seen from Lewis in the fourth line. They, I think they've found the, the, the 11 and seven that works against Dallas. Like I could also see floodgates too. Yeah, because uh, man, I kind of lean that way. I do feel that way. That you also just want to get to bed and no, you don't like high stress. No, honestly, I just <laughs> I feel like after that game, in a way, the other night, the way they came back, I think they showed themselves something, and I think they showed Dallas a little something. I agree, but we said the same thing about Game Four. I know, and I, I was going to say for for me to sit here and say that it's going to go suddenly differently than the entire series would be the dumbest thing because all we know is that that said the game's in dallas higher scoring more chances less defensive less one nothingy know what i mean (laughs) one nothingy i mean that's only it's the only new adjective you could create for the series i'm just looking here it was one one after one in game three that's the highest scoring uh opening period of the series probably and then it was two two after two and then Pavelski scored on the power play, right. empty netter. So, yeah, four, two, six goals in that game. Wow. A fiesta of offense. And now tell me about game four in Dallas. Well, let me tell you, it was uh, a little tighter. Nothing in the first. Power play goal for Rasmus Anderson in the second. Five on three. A penalty shot goal in the early third. And then floodgates. And then with under 10 to play, Lindholm. Well, again. Second power play, but then, then back went into an empty net. But yeah, shots there, the 54-35. So they've been higher event games, higher scoring games. The Flames, as you say, are they due luck? I don't know that that's a guarantee that it doesn't have to balance out. You can go six or seven games and not For get sure. a lot. Yeah, it doesn't mean it happens tonight. It's yeah. just like over. if you play a 1,000 games, it'll even out, but they're, they're only going to play six or seven here against Dallas. They have the edge in shot attempts, the edge in shots, the edge in possession time, the expected goals, the whole thing. It has been on the side of the Flames. It has been Ottinger and strict, staunch defense for the Dallas Stars. So do you? Do I feel like there, there's maybe a chance that we get a little bit away from the narrative of the series tonight 
I kind of do, but I do feel foolish by throwing that out. Now, the what you you had talked about, you know, eleven and seven. That's the one certainty I think we can. Yeah, you can count on that. You can set your watch to the goalie starting and probably that. And Sut- the penalty kills me great. Yeah, Sutter was asked about it with uh, kind of a twofold thing. He was asked about eleven and seven prior to the last game, and he's like, I haven't even thought about it. I don't even know what you're talking about. And he was asked yesterday about the Coleman, Backland, Manjapani line after the great game and obviously the third period that they had. It was it uh, you know, obviously you keep those guys together, right? You're going to uh, and he's like, well, not necessarily. I hasn't really thought about it. I bet. But he did kind of tip his hat on the uh, eleven and seven. If you play eleven forwards, well, you're not really going in lines. You're basically anybody who's not putting the hammer down gets to watch. It doesn't matter who plays with who. It's totally true. Daryl's got the ultimate carrot in front of the the rabbit. You have a good shift, or you're going to be one of the two that watches three lines go. Yeah. We're not in the rolling four business right now. Play or don't play. That's kind of up to you. And in uh, two games ago, Manjapani didn't play. Last game, you got to play and came through. And I don't know right now that you look on that Flames forward group. It, I guess it's different when you come off of a victory. But even prior to that, the first two periods were not very strong. I don't know that they're... Right now, it feels like you're either playing well enough despite offensive struggles, you're poised to break out, or you're playing well right now. I feel like maybe Kachuk is the one guy who's in limbo a little bit. He hasn't looked overall dangerous. He did have a couple chances there. Obviously, the breakaway, breakaway early, early. And then between the between legs. The, legs. Could, the narrative's totally different if one or both of those go in, but I would agree on the whole of the series. Uh, he's probably been more distracted with the physicality stuff than he's been dominant offensively, and I think he's going to figure that out. Rounding in as the series goes along. Agreed. You mentioned Yarn Croak. It feels like at some point he's due some luck. I think that Toffoli probably more so even yeah, than Yarn Croak. Yeah. Well, one's known for finishing, yeah. right? And Dubé has been noticeable the last little bit, so I, I means nothing. But I've been I've been impressed, and what, Sutter knows what he's doing back there. Sure does. Moving guys around, playing playing guys in the right spots. So you can play either side. You can play penalty kill and power play, whatever. I, you're not judging. It's the in Sutter, in Daryl we trust, in Sutter we trust all over again. Where, yeah, just if you're out there, you deserve to be out there. And if you're not playing, then there's probably a good reason you're not playing. On the other side, Rick Bonus, he made the changes going into the, the last game. And they both worked. Right, he moved Raffle onto the line with Hints and Pavelski, and it kind of worked. Yeah. Aside from getting goals, and then you move Robertson to the, the two veterans two with Sagan and Ben, and Robertson, Robertson did score. score. So both of those paid off. You would think you're going to break up your big line, one of the best lines in hockey. You break it up. That's dangerous, but it kind of worked. Bonus yesterday before heading home was asked about how Robertson finally broke through and what he saw from those roster changes and do you expect to see them again going into tonight's game? He just seemed more relaxed playing with those two guys, you know, whatever. Sometimes you get you get a little uptight when things aren't going good. Changes scenery always helps. And I talked to Jamie and said about getting him to drag him into the fight, drag him into the fight, and he played well. Uh, and I thought Michael made some good plays at Rupe and Pav. Puck didn't end up in the net, but they made some good plays as well. I think he's right. I don't know how you can look at a game where you scored one goal and feel like the, things really worked for you, but I think that... Just this, the nature again, of the series. Those, who are we talking we about? Oh, you know, it was off air or, or on air yesterday. Talking about Michael Raffle. Watching him in Philly, 
Like I didn't see this no. type of gristle. He and... was always big, but he was never that physical. No, and he, was... and he would go large swaths unnoticed. And like there was always skill there. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Felt like Alex Semin more than like a power forward. He's been a power forward this series. Yeah. I wonder about Gurianov. If that's a one game, now get back in. Because the one thing he can do. He can shoot it. He can shoot it. He can provide offense. You're oh. not going to get anything out of student each offensively. Or at least this you would think. This is where the depth of the Flames is better than the depth of the Stars. They don't have a Michael Stone to bring in. They don't have, <laughs> which is funny to say. It is funny to say. But, yeah. but, but I mean, they just, they're riding their top 4D really hard. Top 3 especially. Suter Klimberg and Haskinen. They switched up the pairs yeah. for the last game. And really, there just isn't a lot of dangerous offensive players. Like, they don't have a third line with Dubé, Yarncroke, and theoretically Toffoli, if that's where he plays tonight. Um, they're not bad players, but I think the more you see this roster, the more you come to the realization why Rick Bonus and his coaching staff said there's only one way we win this series. We have to play this style, and the style is totally defensively focused, throw a wet blanket, low event, everything. We need to get a bounce and get the better goaltender. And the thing is, who wouldn't do it? It's their only I think, way. I think the hockey world is pointing at Dallas and how they're playing this series and, you know, thumbing their nose and criticizing. If you're in Rick Bonus's shoes, what are you going to do? So you're gonna, you would trade chances with this team that was way better than you for 82 games at both scoring and not allowing goals and on power play and on penalty kill and on scoring five on five and on shot differential. Like, the only thing close is power play. They're, like, 1% apart. Everything else, the Flames have a significant advantage over Dallas. Yeah. Sorry. You can't be trading chances with Calgary. Or or for them, probably anybody, right? At that, this point of the season, you, yeah, I agree. Like, who are they going to run into? That Like, if they somehow matched up with L.A., maybe. But no. Like, yeah. everyone else can score at this time of the year. Like, I shouldn't say can score. Has a talented enough roster that yeah, you don't want to trade around. chances. St. Louis put up five on a good Minnesota club last night. The Oilers can score. We know about the Leafs and the Lightning. Boston put up five on Carolina and that defense. Lots of scoring in that series. Right? Who? This is how they Florida, Washington, should be, hello. They should be going about things. And you know what? It's funny. Like, I think we, we all know how talented Edmonton is. And when is that? Game seven's coming up here. Oh, um, yeah. Right. Like that. Yeah. We don't know who's going to win that game. I think we probably have vibes about who's going to be a heavy favorite in that game. But if somehow L.A. gets through. I think second round looks a whole lot like the first round if the Flames are going to get through as well because I don't think Dallas and L.A. Are, are terribly different in the way they would have to approach playing a Calgary. Yeah, their needs would be the same. We need really good goaltending and low event and so then capitalize on our man advantages or, or turnovers. One team has three 40-goal scorers and a 35-goal scorer. The other team in that theoretical instance has one guy that eclipsed 30. Yeah. Like it's – you could see potentially – two series in a row that are rather low event. Now, if Edmonton gets through, it's the exact opposite. It's Dolly Parton game, remember? That 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 is not scream yeah, shut down, I, right? I think I remember how that goes. Uh, we'll talk to Cam Moon coming up, start of hour number three, about the Oilers, <laughs> who did get that win last night. Uh, a few, th Just some uh, clips here from Daryl. We can get it in for you. He had mentioned after the game the other night, winning game three of a series is... Harder than any other, and then game four is the same. He kind of doubled down when asked about that again yesterday. Bottom line is, at the end of the day, we have a lot of guys that haven't won a fourth game. So that's the next step in the process, see if we're capable of doing that. Which seems, in the whole, in the grand scheme of things, winning four games on in this marathon, what are we talking about? But it's true. For this group, 
to win a game four is not something that has been there's not a lot of experience. Yeah, there's some guys, and that's why the experience is there. We keep, we've heard it all season long. That's the value of having that, especially when you get into a, an elimination game. But yeah, even getting through one round would be uh, would be significant right now. What about the playoff experience? What does it do for you down the stretch as you get ready for the playoffs? You get into the playoffs, and now what about a game where you can punt the opponent? I think the recency effect does. You know, there's always guys, older, older guys that want it, and it's hard to go that far again, and they have to challenge themselves to see if they if they can because it's a huge price they pay. And then there's probably younger guys that win it, and they don't even remember what happened. But I think the recency effect has a lot to do with it. I think that uh, Blake Coleman and Trevor Lewis and Ty going last year to the, to the finals too, I think that has a bigger impact than anything. they got some guys now, more than 19, I know that. And it would be, and I'm just bringing his name up because I, like Tyler Sagan, he won so early. Boston. He'd be one of those young guys, and it happens to to some young guys. You win early, you think it's going to happen all the time, which is not to say that Sagan. I was just trying to think off the top of my head in this series. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't early? there in 13 or 11, excuse me, when they beat Vancouver, because I believe Peverly and. Some of the other guys that came back in the Dallas team trade won that cup, if I'm correct. No, he won the cup. Was he there? Yeah. Okay, so. I'm pretty sure. I'm. Jeez. I'm pretty sure he was on that team, but he would have been so young at the time. Because I think he was moved after they lost to Chicago in 13. Okay, so that they would have won already. My bad. Yeah, he played 13 games that uh, that playoff. But he would have been fresh out of that that, 2010 draft. So, yeah. That was his rookie year. 21, 20. Lucic was 22 on that team. 22-year-old Lucic? He was, My goodness. Tyler Sagan was 18. Wow, okay. Yeah. Marchand was 22. <laughs> oh, man. So they've got, uh, again, a, to his point about if you have more recent playoff experience, when it's fresh in your mind, it's probably the the more valuable thing when, uh, when you get to it. And what is it to be, because we saw it with Blake, you had to uh, maybe if you were watching just the third period or what he was uh, he was really strong in that game. Finally broke through in the third period. Had the big hit on Raffle. Kind of led the way for that line. Michael yeah. Backlund is hey he's a veteran, but it did feel like maybe that was Coleman kind of leading the way for that line, allowing them to break through a little bit. Well, Magic Panic was great. I, that the, those three together have been great. Anytime they play together this year, and great's not exaggerating. Like. It was a, a significant amount of time before Toffoli arrived, and that was considered one of the best underlying numbers, advanced metrics, analytics, yeah. lines in the league, and you can see why it worked. It, it, it feels and looks a lot like a 3M line, right? Like they can play both ends of the rink. They're physical. They go to tough areas. They can play other top lines. They can also score. So two, two answers to the kind of the same question. What is it to be a playoff performer? You can have playoff experience, but what is it to be – a guy who leads and performs in the postseason. Here's Blake Coleman. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that, you know, I have to be a, a rah-rah guy. Obviously, we have a handful of guys that have won cups and won, you know, gone on long playoff runs, things like that. So there's guys that have handled their business in, in winning that fourth game. And, um, you know, I think that third period is a great model for us to, uh, you know, to keep building on. And uh, if we play like that in, in this next game, then we're going to be in great shape. So he kind of doesn't sound like it's anything as just regular business for that guy because he's been through it here very recently. And Daryl was asked, what is, guy like Coleman, what does it mean to be a playoff performer? Because it's hard during the game, for lack of a better word, to get the shit kicked out of you. 
day in the game. And you got to be willing to do it to somebody else. And there's players that do and players that don't. And when you ask, well, how come that guy didn't play or how come he's struggling or something like that, that's why. So you got to be able to... Better where to get the kicked out of you. And be ready to, to give it back. That's what it is to be a playoff performer. So who is going to uh, do some bleep kicking and get their get the bleep kicked out of them? We'll find out tonight. It's a 7.30 start. The Flames in a position to move on to round two or come home and have to host a game seven on Sunday. Oh, boy. This hour brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one-stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots, and decor, greenest grass. It's all at Spruce It Up. Spruce It Up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. Cam Moon. The Oilers are going to a Game 7 and loving it. We'll talk to Mooner next. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.